You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. Another star-studded FYD. Star-studded, you said. Star-studded. That's right. How are we doing on this glorious, glorious day? Uh, better today than this past week, Scott. It fucking oh, snowed. Here we this go. Week. Here it's we snowed. go. Shut up. It snowed. You, you don't even say like you're not up unhappy about the, or you're happy about the week. Don't even say that. Well, it snowed where we live. Yeah, it but... didn't snow in like Hawaii. But well, how many people uh, listen to us in Hawaii? Aloha. Yeah, all you that means hello and goodbye. It stuff. does. It does. Yeah, it's got to be fucking confusing in Hawaii yeah. for that. You know, it's, it's got to be. It snowed, so I'm not happy about this week. I had to go out and shovel in fucking April. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's uh, spring in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's what we get here. Put quotes around live. spring. Put quotes around spring, spring before oh. you say that. It actually is technically spring. My prediction is the 21st. So yeah. Bill, Bill Murray Groundhog Day quote. <laughs> you, oh, really? You, that might actually be the first day of spring. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good. I'm week? good. You, yeah. You good? You good? Um, All right. Yeah, it was it was a interesting week. I was actually quite busy. I had a lot of a lot of stuff to do. I still haven't gotten everything done. I got projects I'm working on, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the listeners would be bored, so I'm we'll sure. just get right into the good stuff. Yeah. What you've been watching? What I've been watching? What well, do you want to talk about this a little bit? Or are we not going to talk about this? Oh, no, we can talk about the beer of the show. Yeah, I was going to say, we, you, brought, you brought a beer. I don't know if we've done this before. I think we but... did, but oh well. Oh, okay, fucking who well. Cares? Who cares? Like pa- I, palettes change as the years go by. Like I've said, I lost track of what we did and what we didn't do, and I don't really give a shit. So we're just going to drink what we want to drink. This is a relatively common beer. This is the New Belgium... Voodoo Ranger IPA. Yeah. And I remember for a while there, Adam, I was on a big, big IPA kick. I don't know if you remember. I remember. I loved IPAs. I brought them on the show almost every week. Oh, I remember because, and here's the reason why it's important to do these beers again, because my palate has changed over the years. Whenever I was early on doing the podcast, I kind of stuck to like the same kind of like five different beers for the most part. And I never drank IPAs because I couldn't stand them mm-hmm. at all. They're very bitter. And I still... They're bitter. They're still yeah. not my favorite, but mm-hmm. I've, I've grown to be able to at least drink them and somewhat enjoy them. I think that's accurate as far as the show goes, because I was bringing IPAs on all the time. An India Pale Ale is an acquired taste. Oh, it's so acquired. And I think I was kind of forcing you... Not not to your own decision making. No, I know. I, I know. was forcing you to acquire acquire the taste because I was bringing them on the shows all the time. And at first, you were like, you couldn't even like stomach them. 
And by the yeah, end, this is disgusting. That that's what I was. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, you were like, this is so fucking gross. I give it a negative zero, and you know all that stuff. But then toward the end, you were like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Negative. You'd always does, say negative zero doesn't exist, but yes, right, right. But you were like, it doesn't have the wow factor that you always look for in your beers. Yeah. It doesn't have the wow factor, but it's not bad. I'm still looking for the wow factor. So, so I so I think IPA started to grow on you, and then I kind of got a little bit away from IPAs. I kind of got. I, I got you drank them so much. I drank like, them so I'm much. So bored of right? this. And I think I said this recently on the show. I was a total beer snob. Yeah. I would only drink microbrews. I would only drink craft beers. Anybody who was drinking like a domestic or anything, I would turn my nose up at them and talk shit on them. You were a hipster. Well, things have changed because I got into a kick. Started this past summer. Deloney got me into it. They were just buying cheap beers. I mean, they're they're buying like Natty Bows. They're buying like Ham. They're buying Keystone. They're buying like these cheap, cheap, as cheap as you can find beers. And that's the only thing they had at their house this summer when we go over and hang out. So I started drinking these and I'm like, damn, you know, this ain't so bad. So I got into like a cheap beer kick yeah. for a while there. So I got away from IPAs. Well, today I went back to the roots. <laughs> I brought an IPA. All right. The uh, New Belgium, which are a pretty popular craft brewery, the Voodoo Ranger IPA. Go ahead. What do you What do you say? Um, it's all right. It's a, it tastes like a generic IPA. There's no There's nothing special about it. Say wow factor. It's there's no wow factor. Wow factor. There's no wow factor. The, the listeners love the wow factor, but guess what? There's no real wow factor here. If you we like IPA, shirts made. Yeah. Say wow factor. Like dude, have FYD on them. Did you get a hoodie for it for the winter time? <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck wow yeah, factor. Dude. Make, put that in the notes. And all these podcasts I listen to, they're all about their branding. Yeah. They're like that's how we make our money, our branding, our merchandising, their merch. Like we should do that. <laughs> we should merch. Dude, let's merch. Okay. Let's merch. This is the merch podcast. Wow factor. This is the merch podcast right here. If anybody um, has any ideas of some merch they'd like to see, like a beer koozie or a bottle opener that says yeah. for a distraction. Shoot us an email for a distraction at gmail.com. Yeah, gonna, let us know. We're going to pimp ourselves out again. Yeah. If you, if you, if you are somebody who makes this kind of stuff and you want to get, you know, your, uh, your, uh, your company name or your name out there for doing it, let us know. Give us a discount on it and we'll pimp you yeah. out on the show. Um, but in, in regards to the Voodoo Ranger, it's, it's fine. It's a generic IPA. It's nothing, nothing special. It's okay. If you like IPAs, you'll like it. If you don't, then, this is probably the one, if you are looking to acquire the taste for an IPA, this is probably a good one to, to go for because yeah. it's not too strong. It's not too bitter. It's it's just fine. Right. So that that that's what I would say. I Give it a recommend. If you like IPAs, give it a recommend, you know? Yeah. And I got to be honest, I had a few at my house before I came over to the studio to meet you. So uh, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> really? Uh, I... Because I was drinking all those cheap beers, you could drink a lot of cheap beers. Their yes. alcohol content's relatively low. Yeah. IPAs are a stronger alcohol content. So me going back to an IPA, I'm kind of like buzzing right now a little bit. Like I, <laughs> I forgot how they can kick my ass. So this is about my third or fourth one. And you got um, your daughter's soccer game. I'm like, hey, let's I, fucking do it. I was like at 930 in the morning. <laughs> I wasn't. I wouldn't put it past me. I have done it in the past, but not today. I was drinking this afternoon and this evening, and uh, yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good right now, and uh, 
I agree with everything you said about this. This is a very common IPA. It there, you use the term. I'm gonna steal it from you. There is absolutely no wow factor. A to trademark. This. this is a very <laughs> vanilla IPA, and there's some vanilla. There's some IPAs out there that I think kick ass. This is not one of them. This is the kind of IPA that they would have on tap at Applebee's or Olive Garden. Yeah. Like this is a this is a very common ipa yes it is a craft brewery new belgium is a craft brewery but like their fat tire and some of their other beers you can find them anywhere all 50 states like so yes uh but i do like it because i like ipas and i like the way i'm feeling right now and i'm i can tell i can tell usually i have to put down a quite a few more of the cheap beers for Half as much. I'm I'm doing great right now. So so, so does that mean you're kind of like changing your tune a little bit? You want to go back to the beer snob miss just for the sake of feeling this feeling while drinking less? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So Scott, I watched uh, the new Mortal Kombat. I started watching it, Adam. I watched the whole thing. I fell asleep. I couldn't finish it. That's something I rarely do. If it, you yeah. Yeah, okay. If, if you if you had a, a security camera or something like that or a webcam on me while I was watching this movie, a number of times through the movie you would hear me, you would see me and hear me tilt my head back and go, Shut up! Oh my god. So many times they say so many corny things. There's just okay. Put my beer down for a second. Okay, there so there's this thing that these kind of movies like to do. And they did they did it a lot years ago, and I thought we got past this. Oh, the one-liners? The one-liners. Oh, fuck. Especially when it comes to video game movies. They like to take video game movies, and they like to put all the one-liners from the video game movie, from the video games, into the movie as if to like, be like, hey, we got you. We understand what you're all about. I can't tell you how many times I heard fatality. Flawless victory. Exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's one thing in the video game when the announcer says it. Or even in the first original Mortal Kombat movie... The first one was campy enough to get away with it. When Shang Sun would see somebody lose a battle and they would say flawless... He would say flawless victory or fatality or something like that. That's that's, that's kind of like in the nature of what it is. But when you have the... In this movie, when you have the characters themselves, they beat their opponent. And at the end of their beating their opponent, they, they themselves say flawless victory or fatality. It's like... Shut up! Like it's it's too it's it's a movie that is bringing campy lines, but they're trying to be serious at the same time. Like that's what this movie is done, and it's not. There's some good parts to it. There's as in like there's some fun action, but it's just not good. It's not that good at all. Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish it. I'm I'm going to. I'm gonna watch the remainder of it. It was just I was tired. And it was just too much. It was just. It was just not. They tried me. to introduce too many fucking characters all at once. Because if you have never played any of the recent Mortal Kombat games, and I haven't played a lot of the recent ones, but I've seen some videos, they have a fuck ton of char- playable characters. There is a shit ton of characters in the new Mortal Kombat games, and they tried to introduce as many of them as well. Maybe not as many of them as they could, but they tried to tell too much of a story in this in my opinion there's too much of a story going on for what they were trying to do and but here's the thing though they didn't even introduce some of the characters that we know and love like not to spoil it for you scott but johnny cage is not in this movie at all at fucking all but the ending alludes to future movies 
like the ending basically says we're going to continue this franchise because yada yada this and yada yada that it's well we'll see if it makes money because that's going to be the main factor to whether it continues or not it was a mortal Kombat movie that had no tournament the whole point of the movie is it is a tournament the mortal Kombat tournament between the different realms no tournament they None. were just trying to like assassinate the people before the tournament yeah. started. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was fucking weird. Yeah, it was weird. So And then they they try to play into those ideas of in the video games, the characters have special powers. And so like like Luke K or Luke Kang can like shoot fireballs sometimes in video games. So they try to allude to you are chosen for to fight for your realm because of this branding that you have on your some part of your body and you know yeah. you have to unlock your I can't remember the fucking word they use for it, but they have to unlock your certain power in order to like be able to fight in this tournament. That's how they kind of alluded to the fact that they have special powers and everything mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, just stop it. I'm kind of just like, stop it. So it opened up, like I said, I only saw the beginning, but the beginning of the movie was freaking cool. Oh, that was great. Where it opens up in feudal Japan and the guy gets into like entire fight and his family gets murdered by who we find out <laughs> later is Sub-Zero and... That fight scene was fucking awesome. Oh, it was great. And then Raiden shows up and takes the baby away. And I was like, okay, okay, yes, this right here, this is awesome. It was badass, but it kind of takes away from it a little bit when you realize the character known as Sub-Zero, who is uh, B-Shawn or Nishan or something like that, uh, his real name, the character known as Sub-Zero speaks Chinese. And then the character who is future to be known as Scorpion speaks Japanese. And they can't fucking understand each other. They're talking to each other. They're saying great lines, but they can't understand each other. So it's kind of like gibberish. Mm-hmm. It makes It's it's like, all right, whatever. But the bat fight scene and the stuff that happened at the beginning, that was great. Yeah, that was great stuff. Yeah, how that started. And I was like, okay. Because we were talking about the original, the one from 1995. Yeah. And how campy and... and it's so bad that it's good is what it is. I remember watch. I, I went to the theater... And watched that movie in 95. Because I was a... Believe it or not, Adam, you know I'm not much of a gamer. But I played the shit out of Mortal Kombat. And especially Mortal Kombat 2 on my Sega Genesis. I owned both of those games. And would play with my friends. And like we had some pretty fucking intense... You know, you'd go up the pier and, like, defeat yeah. all of them. Like, it was a fun game. So when that movie came out, like, we were all stoked to go see it. And we went and saw it, and I, I was an uncultured swine as a fifth grader, but I remember liking it. I remember liking it, and... um Dude, when that techno music started, Mortal Kombat... Dude, is that... Tell me. To this point, that song has not been in the new movie. It is not in the new movie at all. It, there's a slight remix version okay. of it later on in the movie. It's, because you that could, fucking song is so fire. The problem is you have to kind of listen for it because they have the music turned down a little bit or it's a l- lower sound version of the song, but it, it is in there later on. Okay, so. good. Good. Something to look forward to. I have not heard it yet to the point I'm at. And I love that song. Like, to this day, like, I'll hum that song, like, when I'm doing something stupid. But I I like the movie. I don't think it holds up today. No, it doesn't. It doesn't hold up. So I felt like this is a reboot in in the traditional name (laughs) of the reboot style. 
that, okay, they're going to give us a modernized version of this. And how it opened up with that awesome fight scene, I'm like, oh, they're going to be serious. They're going to take... That's what I was thinking of those. Yeah, they're looking forward to that. This isn't going to be like the fun video game style. This is going to be a for real thing. And then after that scene, everything from that point on that I've seen so far has been rotten. Not good. Yeah. It's not good. And it's just so disappointing. I was not happy with the main character. I didn't like him that much. I didn't really... He didn't really grab me um, for the most part. I mean, you, you know who he is. He's, he's going to be Scorpion, he's, right? He's, an, he's a descendant of, of the uh, Japanese warrior from the beginning of the movie. Right. So. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but I was not a fan But I thought him. Scorpion was always a villain in the video games I played. In So, in the Mortal Kombat mythos, it's it's evolved to the point where, like, in the original movie from 1995, Scorpion and Sub-Zero were working kind of side by side with each other under Shang Tsung. Yes. It's evolved, the story has evolved to the point where they kind of delve into those two character stories and they're part of two different ninja tribes or, you know, different tribes like you see at the beginning of this movie. And they're rivals. They do not like each other. They hate each other. And their tribes do not like each other either. So that's kind of where it's come from. One was Chinese. Way. One was Japanese. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. But it's it's not just because they're Chinese, Japanese. It's just a rivalry their tribes have is what it is. So it's that's, that's kind of what it is. So, Scorp- so I guess you could say bad guy, good guy, whatever. But it's just it's just a matter of those two hating each other for the most part so um i don't know it's just not it's not good it no. did it did a lot of ki- did a lot of characters dirty in my opinion did it did a number of characters dirty so I, I maybe he gets better to the point where i saw Jax's arms are awful oh those that gets better okay good that gets better because he's got those he's got these like weird little metal skeleton arms and stuff like yes the skinny fucking arms because because he takes on sub-zero in the beginning of the movie yeah and subs what's really cool i do like the way sub they do sub-zero sometimes he basically was fighting sub-zero and sub-zero like grabbed his arms and froze his arms and basically ripped them off yeah there's a lot of really cool like violent things they do that are kind of like towards what's going on in mortal kombat games today a lot of gore a lot of decapitation a lot of like don't take your kids and watch this movie kind of stuff that's going on and that's cool but like the story and the writing elements i'm like get fucking better writers like i don't know i don't know what they're doing i don't know who green lighted the script and said this is going to be great but well i don't think it's necessarily the idea i just think it's the execution in my opinion i think the acting wasn't great I think the the guy who's the main kid, who's like the MMA fighter, who's the descendant yeah. of the Scorpion clan or whatever. He's uninteresting. He's just boring. Like, yeah. why did he leave Raiden's temple to go to his family? Yeah, I wonder that too, because there's there's a point where he's not unlocking his power, and he's like training at Raiden, somebody's he's not unlocking power, so Raiden's like... You are not. You're going to be a liability to the team. Go home. So he goes home, as if the mark left him. As if Shang Tsung's assassins are not going to come after him again. Like even if you're even if you're a liability and you're not unlocking your power, don't take this fucking shit back to your family. Like what the fuck are you doing? And as soon as he fucking gets there, he doesn't even get to come inside. He doesn't even get to give his daughter a hug. Fucking Goro shows up they did goro dirty that's one of the characters they did so in, dirty. in the movie in the original movie i should say he was like the end all boss villain 
Yeah. Like, he was who they fought at the he end. Was like, he was, like, second to Shang yes. Tsung. Like, he was powerful. In this one, he was, like, other than Reptile. Like, he was one of the first villains who was, like, defeated. Yeah. Like, they just sent him, like, what? Yeah. What? That's he what was, like, one of the toughest guys he to was beat in the, the cool- game. He was one of the coolest people you wanted to fucking, like, either play against or play as in some of the future games. Like, he, this dude was a big muscular guy with four arms, and he could rip you He was into, hard like, to beat yeah. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did him fucking dirty, and I'm like, mm. Some guy who just, in the beginning of the movie, lost an MMA match to a human being <laughs> is somehow able to defeat Goro. Yeah. <laughs> like, no superpowers, no nothing. Yeah. yeah. What's... Finish the movie. Finish. I say finish it. I'm going to. Finish it and then come back next week and tell okay. me your disappointing okay. stuff. Because I don't want to spoil too much for you uh, when talking about this, but it's not... Prepare to be disappointed is okay. what I'm going to say. Prepare I already am so far, but who knows. Yeah. All right. We'll continue this conversation next week when I finish it. Uh, have you been keeping up with the Jeopardy um, hosts that have been uh, the guest hosts and things like um, that? Have you been uh, keeping up with that shit? Honestly... Our whole group of friends, everybody's like big Jeopardy fans. Uh, my my late grandfather, he was like a huge Jeopardy fan, so I was watching with him. I gotta be honest, as much as I love trivia, I don't ever watch Jeopardy. No? I like never do. I don't really watch cable. I mean, can you watch reruns on streaming services? Probably. Yeah. But they would be like Trebek episodes. They'd be like old ones. Yeah. Like the new ones that are on TV now, I never watch them. Ever. Ever. But I pay attention. I know uh, Aaron Rodgers was just one of the hosts. They made a lot of weird choices for guest hosts. Like, uh-huh. what didn't Doctor Oz host at one point? Doctor Oz hosted. Why? Yeah, he's Doctor ta- Fucking Oz. He's terrible. He's not I a good person. I fucking hate him. Yeah. He's not. I don't, first of all, I don't think he's a real doctor. Second of all, he's not like a good person. He's. I think he's a PhD, not not an MD. But he parades himself as like a medical doctor. Yeah. But he's like anti-vaccine. Yeah. And he says, I'm a doctor and I'm anti-vaccine. So like the stupid so people are like, doctor, see, Dr. Oz, anti-vaccine. Like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, he's not. Dr. Oz sucks. They... I'd take Dr. Drew. I would take Dr. <laughs> Phil. I would take these other quack doctors over Dr. Oz. Yeah. Um, but did you see the most recent pick they decided for guest hosting? LeVar fucking Burton. Yes, and I'm very, very happy about Reading that. Reading Rainbow himself. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes, LeVar Burton. And that's because of the internet push. I, I got I got to hand it to the to the people out there listening. Thank you. Because there was a big movement on Twitter. There was a big movement on all social media, really, to get LeVar Burton that job. He deserves it, honestly. He absolutely deserves he's, it. Because he's been fucked over in the past. Did you hear how they uh, how he was fucked over by reading Rainbow um, before? No. So PBS fucked him over? Well, here's what happened. What happened was, it was it was during like a, a changeover in owners of PBS, something like that, or CEOs, something like that. What happened, I know happened what was. was, so Le- reading Rainbow went off the air. And so what LeVar Burton decided to do, I can't remember how long after it went off, but what he decided to do is he he did a uh, internet version of Reading Rainbow where he put on a production and he wanted to he wanted to market it towards schools. He wanted to like like really like go to public schools things like that and like teach kids, you know, what he taught you whenever it was on PBS, you know, the power of reading and how great books are, learning and all this other stuff. And he put they put some money into it they got a set going you know they did all this stuff and they put a they recorded a few episodes and when he was going to do it um pbs said oh no you can't do that like we still own the property reading rainbow and he's like 
it was like, well, you're not doing reading rainbow. Like you're, you, it's not going to cost you anything. And it's like, I'm not like, I'm just, I'm not making a profit off this. I'm doing it as charity for schools, like to give to public schools. And like, we want to do this. And like, well, no, you can't do that. And he's like, well, then will you give us permission to do that so that we can, it'd be great promotion. Like, well, no, we're not going to let you do that because we own the property. He's like, well, you, are you going to do something with the property? He's like, no, we're not going to do anything with it, but you can't do that because we own the property. Well, he, I don't know if this is related, but several years ago now, back when Trump was still president and the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, they cut funding to PBS because PBS is the public broadcast. Yeah. So, yeah. so they got funded by taxpayers, by the government. I want to say this is before that. I want to say it was before they that. Got, they got their funding from the government and um, and from viewers like you, of course, yeah, like the, the donate. The tagline. Right, right, yeah. right. So that's how they get their money. They, they're not a corporation like NBC, like CBS, like ABC. They're, they're not a corporation. So they rely on those funds. Well, you know how fucking Republicans are. They don't want to spend a fucking dime. Forget the countless number of kids that reading Rainbow or Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or fucking Sesame Street yeah. taught how to fucking read. They don't give a shit about that. They don't want to pay their money. So they cut the funding. That's why Sesame Street, fucking Sesame Street, Adam, of all places, went to HBO. Sesame Street is something that should never end. Never. That is something it that did, I did. think... I, I understand mm -hmm. that, but I'm, what I'm saying is it sh it's something that should never be even close to right. That is something that is a staple of every youth. And it's something that every youth should have from now until the end of the world, basically. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to say that, but it's, it's true. Like, it, it teaches so many important things to young kids. It's very eye-opening. Talk about going from one extreme to the other. Sesame Street was on PBS, was a publicly funded television show for decades, decades. Yes. And then the funding is cut. They say, all right, fuck it. We're going to go to HBO, not even a cable network. This is a subscription pay for home box office network. Yeah. We're so they took Sesame Street and went to HBO. So now it's. Elmo saves Grouchland two, followed by Real Sex thirty nine on HBO. <laughs> so yeah, I just think it's so funny. But I mean, I have HBO Max, and I wa I will watch Sesame Street because it's that fucking amazing. And so is Reading Rainbow, and so is Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. They sh we should totally fund these shows, and I'm very very happy for the movement. That got LeVar Burton yeah. this gig. He's, he's just a great person, LeVar Burton. Yeah. Like, I, I hope he does a good job because I'd like to see him be the... I hope there's never a scandal that comes out against LeVar Burton where like, it turns out he was also me tooing people or something like that. Because like, he's, he's a really... On the surface, he's a very good person, and I hope that it stays that way, that he's a very good person. I don't want to hear that you know there's some scandal or some shit like that that comes out against him. I don't want to hear that at all. It, it would be like if a scandal came out against Mr. Rogers or Barney or something like that. So, yeah. I've always wanted you to watch Community. I say it over I and have over again. It. I have watched I it. I know, but there, the episode where LeVar Burton was in at, playing LeVar Burton in Community, where he meets Troy, who's Donald Glover's character. <laughs> he can't even talk around him. He's like, so, um, 
are you a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation or, or Reading Rainbow? Because I was also in this show called Roots. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, he couldn't even talk. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Yeah. So I, I love LeVar Burton, man. I love him. Jordy LaForge, one of my favorite, one of my favorite characters, I think, on Star Trek. Yeah. So... Speaking of okay, speaking of Star Trek and the old like, you we've talked about Next Generation oh, yeah. a number of times. Because that's what um, we do. Yeah, because we're both Trekkies. So we all, we both know the first couple seasons of Next Generation are very rough. They're they very, are. They are they very are. rough, rough kind of things. Yeah. So I will. I've watched a few episodes recently of the first couple seasons just to like gauge it a little bit, and I've noticed something really weird in that the first couple seasons, or at least the first season. LeVar Burton is playing uh, the con. He's the one that's yeah. flying the ship. I'm trying to figure out how he can go from playing the con to chief engineer. Because typically, if, if he was going to be like under chief, like become chief engineer, he would be working in engineering. But he, at no point throughout the entire first season did he ever go into engineering. I don't think he ever even went the down to engineering. The first two seasons, I think. I think season two he be, he is when he became chief engineer. He's got yellow on in the second one? I think one? so, yeah. Okay. Season so the two, first one he's got red on. Season two is when it went from like clean shave Riker to beard Riker. And that's yeah. whenever Worf became chief of security and all that other shit. Okay, when they have the line on the top of the yes. black. When Dr. Pulaski is there and not Dr. Crusher. Pulaski is in season two, though. Dr. Crusher's all through season one, Pulaski season two. Season three, Crusher comes back. Okay. Yes. That, okay. That's what that is. How Pulaski's, do you feel about Pulaski? She's very racist. Oh, she's horrible. <laughs> she's horrible. She sucks so bad. The way she treats Data throughout the entire series, yes. throughout the entire time she's there. Like, one of the best episodes, in my opinion, is the episode where they bring Moriarty in. It's one yes. of those holodeck episodes where Data's playing as Sherlock Holmes, and Doc, Dr. Pulaski is like, you're wasting your time, LaForge. He can't, he can't understand how to... Basically, Data has memorized all the Sherlock Holmes um, stories to the point where he can just like predict the end before it actually gets there, instead of as opposed to solving the problem, as opposed Mm -hmm. to solving the mystery. I love. And so Pulaski's like, he can't understand what you're talking about. He's a machine. He can't understand it. If he was, if he was tasked with solving a real original mystery, he would fail. His circuits would fry. Basically, he wouldn't be able to understand how to do it. And LaForge's like, hang on a second, there, dog. You're being fucking unfair. You little cunt. So <laughs> they challenge the computer to be like, create a problem in the home style that can trump data. Mm-hmm. And so it basically gives life to Moriarty. To Moriarty. The worst person you want yeah, exactly. to destroy your starship. But like the entire time through that episode, she's like saying, You're wasting your time. He's just a machine he can't understand. It's like, fuck you, Plask. She called even on the show for how long? She referred to her superior officer as it. Yeah. Like the whole time. Like just Oh, makes you want to slap so her in the first fucking of face. All, so first of all, Gates McFadden, Dr. Beverly Crusher, <laughs> she's a fucking angel. Dude, she was thirsty for Ricard from season one. Absolutely. Season one. Thirst, Wouldn't you? Thirsty Thursday. Wouldn't you? I mean, no homo. <laughs> But if you were a chick, wouldn't you want to go for the Captain Picard? Dude. P- pa- yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> or, uh, Patrick Stewart. Very charming individual. Absolutely. Even to this day, very char- that accent, the way his deep voice, very charming. I'm gonna, yeah, he's, right. Yeah, he's up there. And, and and you know, I'm not a big, I'm not in redheads. Not really my thing. 
But Dr. Crusher was a fucking smoke show. Yeah. She was fucking... And, and Dr. Pulaski looked like somebody's QAnon aunt. <laughs> like, like, no fucking way. Yeah. That was... Get that bitch out of there. Yeah. But yeah, the first couple seasons are rough. Clean-shaven Riker, uh, Tasha Yar in the yellow instead of Worf. Now, I did like Tasha. She was great. I did like her. But, uh... Yeah. Worf... Worf is fitting for a security officer. Very much so. Yeah, so. All right, so it is that time of the episode where we're going to talk about Falcon Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Flubbed it a little bit. Last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, though. This is the last one of the season one. one. This is the episode we finally got to see uh, Sam in his new Captain America outfit. It's a combination of Falcon and Captain America. Which I'm happy about. It looks so fucking cool is what it does. Which I'm happy about because... I, I think I said this to you on, on the show before. I love the idea of Sam becoming the new Captain America because I want to see a black Captain America. I do. And I think he would be wonderful. I think he's he's pure of heart. He 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 fits the mold of the Steve Rogers. Yeah. But my problem was I also fucking love Falcon. Like, I don't want to sacrifice Falcon for a new Captain America. Yeah. So the way they did it, you almost get the best of both worlds, which is you do. great. Yeah. So I'm very happy with how they pulled that off. Yeah. And he, it looks cool too, like the shield on the back of a jetpack. He can whip that fucking thing around like nothing. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. Not a super soldier, and he still no. is a kick ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, you called it uh, either last episode or the episode before that. Sharon Carter is the broker. And let me jerk off a little bit here, if you don't mind. I, Please do it in a different direction. I, than me, so. I came up with that theory on my own. I did not hear that <laughs> on any internet buzz, no TikTok videos. That was one. Because when WandaVision was on, I would get these theories from TikTok videos that other people would say. And then I'd be like, oh, you know what? I like that. I think that's it. I mean, This one was not the case. I came up with it on my own. Something about Agent 13 or Sharon Carter kind of, I was like, is she the power broker? I think she's the power broker. It's kind of obvious whenever they kept alluding to the power broker and then you've got this other person who lives in the same country that's supposed to be in. And, you know, she's all bent out of shape because she, even though she lives the high life, she's all bent out of shape because she didn't get a pardon. So I, I gotta be honest with you, Sharon Carter is not an interesting character for me. Even as the power broker, she's not all that interesting to me. She doesn't seem like really all that like awesome she's better in the comics for sure i can imagine um agent 13 is pretty kick-ass in the comics but but yeah i I agree with you i agree with you yeah yeah so the fact that now she's a power broker and she gets her pardon at the end of the of the episode and then you reveals like oh she's still gonna be the power broker she's now gonna steal technology from you know shield or shield or whatever u.s government agency she's working for whatever to sell to the markets or some shit like that mm-hmm. i don't know it's gonna be that's gonna be a future storyline i guess apparently carly knew that she was a shadow broker as well because they were working together um i don't know it's it's a storyline i kind of i'll be honest i kind of give a shit about don't really care about it that much um they introduced u.s agent u.s agent who i never really cared for and yeah. it's gonna be walker so yeah. okay there we go but he was almost kind of a good guy in this one he he yeah, I don't like the redeem the the redemption that he they doesn't. Gave he kind of doesn't deserve the redemption, but it did show something. It did show that he's trying to fight off the urges that the super soldier serum is the violent uh, mm-hmm. tendencies that he has. The is trying to be elevated by the serum. He's trying to fight that off a little bit because there's there's moments where 
he like there's a moment where he has to make the choice of whether he's going to chase after Carly or save the douchey political delegates lives that are going over the um the ledge of in that truck and he makes a choice to try to save them he fails inevitably because you know fucking falls or whatever but sam saves him sam ends up saving him yeah, yeah. which is really cool but it, it it shows that there's maybe depth to his character yeah. you know he's trying he's trying to be good he's not really being evil he's trying to do the best that he can who knows i don't know um but there's one really the best part of the whole entire episode is sam's monologue at the end when he's talking shit to the, that was good that, that was, was a good. very good monologue I liked it. I it was liked passionate it so much. but the internet is shitting all over it people are like they don't like i mean comic books have always been political people yeah wake up smell the coffee here and it's not like this show it's has, nothing new it's not like the show has not been pol- political in the past episode since the first episode it's been yes. political That's, yes Yes, but people are like, he's grandstanding too much. He's attacking the American government. I'm like, fucking good. The American government is not great. Like, it's not even even under the Biden administration. Maybe for some it's better, but it's still like not the best it can be. I mean, that's true. But even throw real world aside, this is a fucking fictional universe. Exactly. The the American government here isn't the same American government we live in today. It's, It's, It's attacking something that's... Yes. Not real. It's a fictional universe where the government is deciding to uplift people who have lived in their homes and migrate them to um, uh, different camps and things like yeah, that. Like refugee it is, camps. Refugee camps. That's the word. Yes. It's it's a it's a world where the government in this world is trying to uh, take people and put them in refugee camps. So Sam is talking about that world. That's what he's yes. talking about. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't care what. I know that I know that the writers are trying to make a point and trying to make an allegory to what's going on in our world today. I understand that, but he's not specifically talking about our world. No. You can you can apply those two things that are going on in our world, but without actually saying he's making commentary on our world. Like it's two different things. Right. Um I thought the end of the show was amazing because Sam made up for well, didn't make up for, but Sam got a way to pay homage to Isaiah. Yes. In the Captain America Museum, yes. he takes him to an entire section about him and his his comrades that were tested um, after the fact when Captain America was lost in the ocean and stuff like that. Like it's, it was an amazing, it was an amazing uh, point of emotion because you Isaiah just breaks down and gives Sam a hug and just is upset and crying because he's like, "This is what I've been looking for my entire life. I've been looking for mm-hmm. um, just acc- accolades and like." Ad, ad, uh, I can't. I can't think of the word I want to say. Just like, just like approval for what I've done. Like, like it. It was just amazing. It was. Just I awesome. liked it. I like, liked and it, yeah. he's going to be in there forever. Like, for as long as the museum's open, at least. So I. I just. I wanted to see. I wanted to see Chris Evans. I wanted to see old man Cap. Just when in that scene when Sam takes Isaiah Bradley shows him that i wanted i wanted steve to walk around from back behind a corner because it's so ambiguous is he dead is he still alive i think it doesn't matter i think we're never gonna see him again it doesn't matter i I know but they kept making the fucking he's on the moon joke yeah i thought like oh that's going somewhere maybe there's gonna be an after credits where they actually pan up to the moon and there he is fucking kicking it yeah on the moon and some high-tech moon base chilling with the with the scrawl or something like that <laughs> like that would have been fucking awesome but no no we don't get that no we do, we're not gonna get that um i don't know so 
there's a moment in the episode where Sam is talking to Bucky over the radio and Sam's doing his flyby of the, cause they're doing the vote, the, the, uh, delegation, can't remember what you call them, the GRC, I think yeah, is what they're called, yeah. is doing the vote to whether or not they're going to actually uplift these people and put them in camps or not, whatever, yada, yada, nonsense. And Sam's doing the flyover and Bucky's like talking to him and Sam's like, Oh, I called in some help. And that was the moment of the episode where it's like, Finally, they're calling in some help. They're gonna call some people, and then it's fucking Sharon Carter's like, oh great. I was like, is there a reason why at any point Sam didn't call War Machine in? I understand not calling in Thor or Captain or uh, 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 Doctor Strange or anybody else. I understand that, but War Machine's right fucking there. What the fuck is he doing? There is a there is literally American. He was in an episode. Yes, there's literally quote unquote American terrorism. They call them terrorists, but they're freedom fighters. Whatever you want to call them, there's literally shit going on in America that's dealing with the military and politics. Why the fuck haven't you called War Machine? Like you are buddy buddies with them a little bit. You at least know him enough to give him a call and be like, "Hey, some shit's going down. Can you bring your Iron Man suit and come help us?" Like. Does Colonel Rhodes still work for the government? He must, I like, imagine. Wouldn't it be in the best interest of the government to get him involved in some stretch of the imagination? I mean, Colonel Rhodes doesn't have a good relationship with War Machine now anyway after Endgame. Like, uh, War Machine uh, basically told him to fuck off in Endgame when uh, Steve Rogers and Black Widow and shit like that came. Or not Endgame, I mean Infinity War. Like, Steve Rogers, he basically told Colonel Rhodes to fuck off, essentially. You don't remember that? No. He told Rhodey to fuck off? Yeah, no, no, Rhodey told Colonel Rhodes to fuck off, basically. Rhodey like, is Colonel Rhodes. I'm I'm sorry, my bad. I'm I'm thinking of the of the other guy, the general, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the general. The general from Hulk? Yes, that's who I'm thinking did of. the did he's, the Civil War shit. That's who I'm I don't thinking remember of. his name. He sucks. Yes, he's not a good person. Is he still alive? I had yeah, he was in Infinity War. Yeah, but I didn't see him after that, I don't think. No, but I was getting my names mixed up. You're, you're okay. right, you're right, you're right. He, sh- he But yes, Brody should be in it. He should have been in it. There's no reason why he was not in it. So, I don't know. They. I feel like, mm, I understand in, in a comic book sense why he wouldn't been in it, but in a real world cinematic sense, you gotta explain the reason why they didn't fucking call at least him in. So... Well, that's the same argument you had about WandaVision. You were like, and it's, I wanted to see more. Where are the Avengers? Where's another Avenger? One. Like where's fucking one, where's one fucking, fucking person. sleeveless Hawkeye? Yeah, like he can show up, yeah, super powerless and all, and just be there. But no, yeah, <laughs> the point stands for this show as well. The point stands. I don't know. It's they're it's they're making fine decisions, but there are certain decisions where I'm like, okay, but like where are these guys at? Like where's everybody else at? We've seen them come. We've seen them come around for less. So. It was a good episode, though. It was a great episode. I'm, 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 I'm not gonna say I'm unhappy it's over. I'm happy it's over. Not because I didn't like it, but because it was like it told its story, and we're gonna get a season two. Obviously, I think they've alluded that they're gonna do a second season at some point. Um, but it told its story and it's done. And it was. Would do you think it was better or worse than WandaVision in your opinion? I th- I like personally. I can't speak for everybody. I personally liked WandaVision more Me too. than I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. Me too. Significantly more. And that's not a slight on Falcon and Winter Soldier at all. It's really not. It's WandaVision was that good. Yes. WandaVision was awesome. Falcon and Winter Soldier is better than like fucking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No question oh, about yeah. it. 
WandaVision had more emotion. It had a lot more emotion and more depth to it, it did. in my opinion. It did. There was a lot more personality because it was Wanda dealing with her personal grief. That was much more modern. Yes. The, this, that struggle. This was a comic book story. Yes. That's what it was. And that's fine. That's fine. We like that. That's, that's great. But it doesn't have the depth that WandaVision had. Yeah. WandaVision was more of an epic, if you will, than, than this. So, so that's my opinion. What about you? I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think WandaVision was a lot better. Like I said, it was dealing with probably characters I like a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with Falcon or Winter Soldier, but I probably like Wanda and Vision and all the other side characters a little bit more than what we got in here. Like I said, I've not been a big fan of Sarah Carter. She's fine, but not my favorite side oh, she's character. she's fine. Oh, she's fine. She's fine. But the, ca- she's but the fine, character bro. herself, I'm slightly uninterested in. Um, but like I said, the WandaVision was a lot more fun with a lot more interesting action, I like, in my opinion. I like Baron Zemo a lot from the comics, but uh, I want to see more from him. Dude, he's getting miles out of that fucking um, meme of him dancing in the club, though. That's getting miles of what that is. It, it, it should. It should. It deserves it. Yeah. Um, he's he's fine. He, he's all right. But I still I prefer WandaVision. So at the end of the show, when they hit the credits, um, it says... Captain, Captain America, America and the Winter Soldier. I saw that. I saw so that. from now on, if they make another season of this, are they going to change the name to Captain America and Winter Soldier, or are they going to keep it Falcon and well, Winter Well, here's Soldier? the problem. There was a movie called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yes. That's a, that ex- that's a movie. So the TV show was Falcon and the Winter but Soldier. But there was Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The movie was Captain America, the Winter Soldier. True, true. So you're okay. missing that and. Okay, the, the little and. separator. Right, fair enough. The and. The <laughs> and is what throw. Oh, no, it was called Suicide Squad. This one's called The Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay. And they're doing that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was good. We're going to get a few months now, or co- at least a month or two, until Loki. Is, when does Loki come out? June. June. We're going to get a couple months in without that. About, about yeah. two months. So. so here's the issue, Adam. we got to find something to talk about. We do. So we're going to put this out to our listeners. We need your help. Because WandaVision is over, Falcon and Winter Soldier is now over, we're in a show hole, yes. is, is the say. We want to have a show, and it could be an old show, it could be a new show, I would prefer it to be a show that both of us have not seen before. Yeah. But even if it's one that some of us have seen some episodes or we watched a long time ago, that's fine too. We need a new show. So we're asking for your help. Shoot us an email, distraction at gmail.com. Let us know a good show that we could watch one episode a week and keep it keep it short form. Very short form. I don't... I don't want you to give me a show that's like, oh, it's got nine season and 23 episodes per season or something like that. Try to keep it like down to like the eight to ten episodes per season kind of thing. I think I prefer that a little more. I don't okay. know about you. Well, I'm not, it, unless it's really good, I prefer keeping it down there. So well, Okay. Well, we do need something to at least get us to June. So yeah, we'll see what we can do. We'll come up with some ideas on our own. But but get a hold of us on our social media. Shoot us an email. Give us some ideas. Give us some ideas of a good show that you would like to hear us talk about. It could be anything. Any kind of genre. It doesn't, doesn't have to be a superhero movie. Exactly. Anything. All right. It's time for that point of the show. 
course of cinema time scott you know you know yeah yeah uh to remind the folks of what movies we're talking about for course of cinema i gave you the death of stalin starring steve buscemi on netflix and you gave me the greatest showman on disney plus starring huge ackman so i think it's my turn to go first okay uh, i'm gonna talk about the greatest showman I really liked the movie. It was very you did. good. You it, liked the, it. The music was great. I oh. told you I love myself. I love I love musicals. I got musical in my blood. That's kind of yeah. what I have. Um, and this kind of musical that I like to watch on TV in that it was a cinematic form of musical. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, I I don't know if it comes from like my childhood watching all those Disney movies. When I was a kid, going to bed, my mom used to play the Phantom of the Opera album oh, on yeah? tape, okay. you know, just try, kind of listen to. So maybe it comes from that. But I really enjoy musicals. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. I thought all the acting was good. Had your boy Zac Efron in it. He kills it, too. He does kill it. Um, Zendaya. Zendaya's in there. What a babe. Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was it was all really good. Um, like I said, it was great acting. As far as the movie itself goes, I don't know much to say about it because, like I said, it was just a really enjoyable thing. It's obviously about uh, P.T. Barnum and right. his the origins of his circus. He's a fascinating person, like, in history. Like, obviously, this is a little bit embellished. You know, oh, they, it's greatly embellished. They take some I'm gonna, liberties. I'm going to go into it's that Hollywood. a little bit. It's Hollywood. I understand. I understand. <clears throat> I'm going to go into but that. But in all honesty, he is a fascinating person. Yes. So, I've listened like this, to podcasts about him. I've watched documentaries on him. <coughs> he he's a very he's a character. We'll say the the portrayal of this movie is he start he basically works in this movie version as an accountant or some office worker in some shipping company or something like that, which upends itself and goes bankrupt because they lost a bunch of ships in the sea storm. So he has to like find a way to make ends meet to take care of his family. And he decides that he's going to put on, he, he's run across some oddities in his past and some people he's met before. And so he decides he's going to take a bank loan and start like a museum of like weird and oddities. And basically this is how it kind of like flows into like him doing that to him getting like a basically quote unquote for lack of a, I like to say for lack of a better term, but I'm going to use the word freak show, but um, a show of yes, curiosities of unique people that, you know don't you don't normally come across and that's kind of like the way it goes and it evolved to him getting because he he was brought up as a poor person he was very much in poverty lived on the streets for a while as a kid and it kind of evolves to where he gets fame he gets money and then he forgets himself and he gets like used to the stardom and then his life falls apart and he has to like rebuild himself and he learns a lesson yada yada all that other shit like that that's kind of how it's kind of how the story goes essentially i would argue that in this movie version the people that worked in a circus um forgave him a little bit too quickly because there's a moment where he basically um, meets this singer this well-known european singer and invites her to come to america so he can put on some some uh concerts there and make her famous make them all a lot of money yada 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 and at the premiere of her musical debut in america the after party all his uh employees in the uh circus show they try to come into the um after party and he kind of like shoves them away and closes the door on them and kind of fucks them over and shame and shames them essentially i would argue that after the burning of the sur- the museum they kind of forgave him a little too quickly they were real quick to forgive his ass a little bit they were and i would have been holding a grudge personally <laughs> yes. yeah 
but they didn't and and th- and their excuse was was kind of kind of real it kind of got got me shook when they were like oh we're used to people treating us the way you did our own parents were embarrassed of us so you doing that to us was nothing new it's stuff that we were really fucking pissed off about it right after the fact they had a whole song about how pissed they were about so um here's something that was i was curious about because i was after this it was obviously a pseudo historical version of P.T. Barnum. Obviously, it takes cinematic liberties, Hollywood liberties with it, but it's based on real events that happened in history. Where was the Bailey brothers? They were never mentioned at all in the story. And as it, time goes on, he does team up with the Bailey brothers. To put the on Ringling the brothers? The Ringling brothers, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Ringling brothers came much later. <coughs> yeah. They purchased. Uh, <coughs> I, I don't know who Bailey was. He. I thought it was Zac the, Efron's character was going to be Bailey, but he wasn't. No. He was a cart rider. Uh, oh my he, God, it's been forever so since I watched So I'm going to go into his character and Zendaya's character okay. a little bit too, because they they never existed. Those okay. are two characters that never existed at all. I they were, think they made Zac them, Efron's character is based off of Bailey. The, the reason why... the From what I understand, from what I read, the entire reason why the, their characters were created was for the sole purpose of having an interracial relationship in the movie. That was it. That was the entire reason for having their characters created. And I wanted to ask you, because I was curious about it, okay. I was thinking about the reason for it, does that make it racist a little bit? Whenever your sole purpose oh, for... here we go. I'm, a- I'm, asking, I'm asking the question, because if you... For example, if that relationship existed, really, in real life, and then you made Zendaya's character... Zendaya's a person of somewhat color... And you change her character to a white person, that would obviously be racist. But if you created two characters just for the sole purpose of having an interracial relationship in your movie that didn't exist in history, does that make it racist or not? I'm curious as to what you think about it. I think, if anything, it's the opposite of that. I think it's trying to to prove a point. I think it's trying to show young people... My daughters love this movie. Yeah, They absolutely love this movie. So I'm sure... There's young people out there who are watching this movie, and they see themselves. Oh, well, why is uh, Zac Efron's character's name Philip? Phil, Philip. Okay. Phil, yes. Why are his parents being so mean? Zendaya is so pretty. Why is like so? So it's almost teaching a young generation of kids coming up that hey, these bigoted assholes suck, and this movie is showing you that they suck. I hate to use the word indoctrinating. Because it's indoctrinating kids the right way. But you, but you, could it's teaching them a that. lesson of, hey, be a good fucking person. It doesn't matter what the pigment of your skin is. Yeah. If you care for somebody, it doesn't matter. But that story could have also been told without those characters. That same story could have been told without those characters because you the could have story, you could have, sure. You but could this have, lesson you could have, wouldn't you have, been. Could have But you could have absolutely had that lesson with the regular oddities that were actually in there, the bearded lady, the small person, like you could have had the story of like, it doesn't matter what kind of person they are. You have to treat them nice. They would have been freaks first. And people wouldn't have cared that the bearded lady was also black. Oh, you're black too. I'm sorry. I can't get past the fact that you're the bearded lady. Okay. Why didn't, why did she never shave that fucking beard? It made no sense. Like, like when he found her in the movie, like she had a full fucking beard bigger than mine. Like she, like she's an oddity only because she doesn't want to shave. That's why she's not an oddity because she grew a beard. Okay, so I have a pretty large beard as well. If I wanted to stay clean shaven like a woman, I'd have to shave twice a day. So maybe 
she would have to do that, or God forbid, three times. I could a understand day. having like a five o'clock shadow, but she had a fucking beard. This woman had a beard, so she wanted the beard. Is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is she wanted it. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I don't. I, I understand the part of the story. It's but from a historical perspective, I don't get creating new characters that didn't exist at all in the story at all. Like the, for the purpose, just whatever. I mean, it's Hollywood, man. Like you yeah. said it yourself, the. A lot of the stuff to do with this story is embellished. So why not embellish a relationship with two people who never existed? It's Hollywood. I hate how fake Hollywood is, but that's <laughs> it, how it is. I think I think it was a good story subplot, if you will. It wasn't the main plot, but I think it was a good to add a little romance. Yeah. And I love you know how I feel about Zac Efron. Oh, you you would suck his dick. I love me some Zac Efron. He is a great person, a great actor. I I would put him in anything. Zendaya is <laughs> absolutely beautiful, and she is awesome. 100%. I-, I love her and just about everything she does. From she started years ago on the Disney Channel to being in the MCU now, and and doing this and another. And she's a, she's a recording artist too. She's a beautiful voice. Yeah. I mean, everybody in this fucking movie had a beautiful voice. I fucking hate talented people. You know who? You know? Okay, so the, you're speaking, talking about the singing. Here's the thing that ear. This is legitimately irritated me a little bit. So the woman that played P.T. Barnum's wife, Charity, that's the character's Michelle name. Michelle Williams. Yes, She's she great. she did no singing. That's not her voice. She did no singing. Okay. So the, apparently, all her singing was done by somebody who placed third and was a finalist in one of the uh, seasons of The Voice. I, I, her name is uh, but, but I have it written down here. Hold on a second. It's a uh, shit. Where the fuck is it? Oh yes, here it is. Uh, her name is Lauren Al Alred. Lauren Alred is the one that did all her singing for it. That irritates me a little bit because if you're gonna have if you're gonna have somebody who's in a musical, whether it's live stage or cinematic like this, if you're gonna have somebody who's in a musical, they need to do the fucking singing. They that you it's, it's kind of required for me. If you're gonna have somebody who's in a musical, but then have some fake person do the sing, it's kind of bullshit to me. So I that that really irritated me a little bit when I found out about that. It doesn't take away from the movie. I still think it's entertaining, but that kind of irritated me a little bit. Um, so apparently, did you know that Barnum was in his sixties before he actually started his circus? Though, dude was in his. He was not as young as Hugh, Hugh Jackman. He was in his sixties. Apparently, he did a lot of politics. He owned like a lottery business. He did like housing and newspapers he did all kinds of the shit before he even thought about doing that mm-hmm. and the whole storyline with the singer lynn jenny lind i think is her name that was all bullshit too there was no there was no affair he never strayed away from um his wife at all his wife never left him at any point in fact jenny lind is he it, did had did do a concert with jenny lind he, he did, did yeah. he did do a concert but she didn't even have it he she had no feelings for him either the, in fact apparently according to the real story she was going to retire soon she was close to retirement and she convinced her to come to america for a tour under the promise of making a shit ton of money right and that's the entire reason it had nothing to do with fame it had nothing to do with anything he was like you'll make a fuck ton of money if you come here and she the story where she gave a lot of her money to charity that's real apparently she really did which is really cool a famous person who uh hobnobs with all the big people big wigs and gives tons of money to charity that is really cool but apparently she quit the tour in the middle of it in real life because she was not a fan of the way that barnum was um advertising her there was it's just how often he was like advertising and stuff like that and all this other stuff the way an advertiser does that's the reason why she quit so that whole storyline was bullshit too that had nothing to do with anything General Tom Thumb, 
he was not a 22-year-old person whenever Barnum first put him in the circus. He was a four-year-old. He was still a small person. Like, he didn't grow past, like, 39 inches. But he was a four-year-old kid when he did that. So there's a lot of liberties taken with this thing. But I think the the biggest thing I had a... I'm not going to say I had a problem with, but... They, in this movie, Barnum's trade as this guy who understands like these these people that people call the freaks and understands they're real people and wants to give him a shot at the show and you know, give him a shot at fame and wants to like do good things for him and understands them. That's all bullshit because you know what his first attraction was? His first attraction was a woman who was in her 80s who was paralyzed and he advertised her as a 160 year old woman who was the nurse of george washington do you know how he uh, acquired her she he bought her as a slave she was a slave and he bought and he bought her and put her put her in his show so this whole idea that pt barnum is like a great person he may not be as good as people say so i'm just that that kind of bugged me a little bit some of the things i didn't look all this up until after i watched the movie but because it was historical i felt like I kind of had to see how accurate it was compared to the movie. Turns out, almost none of it's fucking accurate at all. Almost none of it's accurate in any way. You're a lot of fun at parties, aren't I you? Am. Because I am. it's not about that, Adam. It's not about this. Isn't on the History Channel. This is entertainment. It, it it is loosely based off of a real person. We know. We know this stuff wasn't done this way. It's theater. Everything's fake. Everything. I feel like when it, I feel fake. like if it's fiction, it doesn't matter. But if it's something that happened in history, especially so recent in history, it does justice to after the fact. Be like, well, let's see how accurate. You it is know how to the fucking thing. boring that play would have been if they did an, a true to life story about P.T. Barnum's boring ass motherfucking life. Then maybe it shouldn't have been done if it was going to be that. Boring. But we got this amazing piece of work that you even said you like. It's yeah, it's very it's very good. Yeah. show. it's a very good show. Just just enjoy things. Don't be so fucking cynical and critical <laughs> all the Scott, time. Who are you talking to? It's just re- it, relax and enjoy it. I love it. I think it's so good. Here's the some, dancing, the singing. The I got a question music. about this though. I got a question about this. So in the fictional universe, at the end of the movie, when he makes up with his family and he goes to see his daughter in the ballet concert, he rides a fucking elephant to the fucking concert. First of all, that elephant shit. All the way to the, all the way to that, uh, where, where the place is being taken. Second of all, different than horses. Second of all, he went there by himself. That means he got off that elephant, walked up thing, and now there's a fucking elephant, wild elephant, roaming around the city because nobody was there with him to take the elephant back to the show. He was probably going to wait for him. Fuck you. You train fuck, elephants. Fuck that. There is no way that elephant sat out there amongst all the crowds of people and just stood there. No, no he, way. You're right, Adam. It didn't. <laughs> because it didn't fucking happen. It's not real. It's fictional characters. But my stepfather used to have a pet elephant. He talked about that one Yeah, time. he had a pet elephant. Name was Tuck. Tuck. Daka it was a baby Indian elephant when he lived in India and in Sri Lanka. He says it was like it, it was like owning a Cadillac. You rode your elephant to places, and yes, and you left it. Yes, that's a thing that happens. Just because it doesn't happen in the United States of America. Where do you work again? What what town do you live in? 
Oh, me? Yeah, you. Where do you? What, what town do you work what, in? I mean, what town do I work in? New Wilmington. Yes. What do you see every day on the road, walking around, shitting wherever they want? Yeah, to? horses. Yes, the fucking Amish population where you work is huge. Yeah, but you know what they do when they get out of their buggy? They tie him to a post or something like well, that. Well, you can't really tie an elephant to a post. It yeah, that's what I'm work saying. Too well that's for the what I'm post. Saying. He's wandering around New York City. Elephants are very smart. They're smarter than horses. Yeah, they're very into. I love it. Sh- they're you, they're yeah. one of my favorite animals. I love. Fucking yeah, they're elephants. really cool. They're really they're cool. really awesome. But they're but like. If you trained it up right, I mean, but but the whole thing is, I'm, I'm, I digress. That didn't happen in real life. <laughs> that was just for the fucking movie. It was you just a fun thing. I remember. You don't know it didn't happen in real life. He could have wrote an elephant. You if don't anybody would have, it would probably be him. But yeah. <coughs> yeah. All right. All right. Fuck you and you're shitting on it. You did. I knew your reaction would be like this and I love it. You said it was good. I'm standing by that. And here, you, here I was going to give you so much credit. If you are a fan of fake history that's entertaining, then watch this movie. It's great. But just you don't know, look it up after the fact. You know, motherfucker. You could, you could <laughs> See, the last couple films I've given you for Course of Cinema, you like didn't like them. So when you opened up by saying, I really like this, I was like so happy. I'm like, finally. Finally, I gave him a movie that he liked. And then... After you said you liked it, you just shit on it the whole time. And okay, okay. And now I'm going to talk about my movie. Go and, ahead. Thought Death of Solomon. And I, I wanted to come out and do this, but now, now part of me wants to change, but I'm not going to. <laughs> because thank you. Because this movie was fucking great. Yeah, it was great. Like, was this good. might be my favorite movie you've ever given me in Chorus really? of Cinema. Really? It is. I laughed hysterically for the duration of this movie this i I gave you rushmore i gave you spinal tap this is that kind of humor and you gave it to me this is that dry stupid humor that i love this is this is what i was looking for when i watched spinal tap it took it took what it was and then dialed up a little bit but it's the same kind of humor this is the kind of humor now you know how this movie death of stalin was that's the humor I love. Yeah. I love that kind of like like the Cohen brothers and it's very Wes Anderson. Very sarcastic just, and... just weird and bizarre and, and sarcastic. And I died laughing for this movie. This movie was fucking hilarious. It is a very good movie. Like, like I, I would be laughing so much, I would miss the next funny scene. Every single time, every single time, whenever people would walk in to see Stalin laying on the ground dead, they would kneel. They would be like, "Oh my god!" Oh, like, watch, piss, watch the piss. piss, oh, piss, 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 piss all over the oh, place. Do <laughs> you're, you're gonna play. You're gonna pay for the dry cleaning. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. And and uh, uh, yeah, Steve Buscemi was great in it. But what's his uh, Jeffrey Tambor, who's uh, yeah. from Arrested Development? He was so good in it. Yeah, so good in it. I. I Oh my god! I, I, thank you. This was a great film. You're welcome. Hilarious. I, I was hoping you'd wa- you'd Hilarious. like it because it is, it is a very good movie. The the scene with the son trying to get the Soviet hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even skate yeah. because the real hockey team died in a plane crash, <laughs> and they couldn't tell and they anybody. Couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> great shit oh my god it was hilarious absolutely fucking hilarious oh 
It's great stuff. Oh my god! Like, like I, I'm not going to give a whole play-by-play because it, it doesn't deserve it. Because everyone needs to watch it. Everyone needs to. Watch it. And I'm sure that kind of comedy isn't for everybody. No, that kind of comedy isn't for everybody. If, if, I'll be honest with you. For this movie, if you if you don't like that kind of comedy, you can watch this movie and almost watch it as like a dramatized version of what actually happened because it kind of plays like that too. There are some sarcastic moments that are funny, but it's also just a generally good movie. Like, so I I wasn't being like you. I didn't bust out my smartphone when the credits were rolling from Death of Stalin to check out the historical accuracies of Joseph Stalin's demise because I would be willing to bet, Adam, that there is a lot of liberties taken with this movie. I would, I would be willing to bet that this movie is not 100% historically accurate. Do you know why I never did that with this movie? Because it's Russia, and I guarantee we don't know the whole fucking story, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I look up, it's going to be inaccurate anyway, so... <laughs> Fuck, it's Russia! <laughs> Who invited those priests here? Who invited the bishops? <laughs> Why'd you invite the bishops? I didn't invite, invite the bishops. <laughs> ask what's-his-name if you invited the bishops. Don't tell me what to do. Just just ask him, goddammit. <laughs> this is my fucking kid. She's six foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's so good. It's a fun movie. So good. It's very fun. So good. I laugh so hard. You know, it reminded me of early on I gave you that movie. And I think you said I liked it. And then you went on to crap all over all over it. But it was uh, Coen Brothers' uh, Hail Caesar. with uh, Yeah. It was it, a good movie. This this is that kind of humor. See, I don't think you understand that I can crap over any movie. Even a movie I love to okay. death, I can shit all over it. Okay. I, I can okay. do that. Okay. Because I like to... You're, good. Like, You're very good at that. I like very to give good. a very critical view of movies that I'm told to watch. If you just told, if we were just like hanging out and we weren't doing the podcast, and you were like, hey, watch this movie. It's fun. I would watch it and be like, oh, yeah, it was a good movie. And I wouldn't give like a synopsis of what I thought about it for the most part. But because we're doing a podcast, I got to feel like I give got to give the people what I really think. So... <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm Gene Siskel, and he's Roger Ebert. <laughs> You've been listening to Hannity and Combs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. No, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's, it it's great. a great movie. See, I've, Steve Buscemi has become like one of my favorite people to watch on anything. Steve Buscemi is great in almost everything mm-hmm. he does. So... <clears throat> All right, are we ready for next week? Yeah, let's pick our movies for next week, Scott. Um, I talked about this briefly um, last episode. We kind of talked about with our ghost hunting shows, and I kind of mentioned the movie, so fuck it, I'll just give it to you now to watch. I want you to watch Grave Encounters on Amazon Prime. Grave Encounters. It's a found footage ghost hunting style uh, movie. I thought I thought it was more interesting than a number of found footage movies, but I'd like to know what you thought. Don't watch okay. around. Don't watch around your kids. That's all I'm gonna Grave say. Encounters. Yes. All right, sir. I'm gonna do it to you again. I'm oh, gonna boy. do it to you again. I'm gonna give you another western. All right. Because. I gave you a Western a few weeks back. Uh, you did The Quick and the Dead. And yeah. It, it was, went over it was, well. It, was a it good went movie. over well. And that's actually not. I, there's a couple Westerns that I like more than that one, and I want to see what you think. So, you, sir, are going to. It's on HBO Max. You are going to watch the movie Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. Unforgiven? Morgan HBO Freeman's Max. in it also. Oh, Morgan, I love Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Unforgiven. It's on HBO. All right. So to remind everybody, that's Unforgiven on HBO for me, and Grave Encounters on Amazon Prime for Scott. Yes, Scott. 
Hit them with the socials. How can they get a hold of us? All right. So you can shoot us an email for your distraction at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Search for For Your Distraction. Like our page on there. Post all kinds of stuff. All kinds of relevant pop culture links on there. We are also on Twitter. You can search for For Your Distraction on there. And you can follow us. You can tweet us at podcast FYD. Um, how can the people listen to our show, Adam? If you want to listen to us, you're always listening to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Mm-hmm. Search for Distraction. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Google Play. Search Podcast FYD. Rate us, like us, share us with your friends, comment. The only way we grow is if you guys help us grow. And that legitimately helps us when you guys do that stuff. It really honestly does. So if you have the time, give us five stars. Or whatever the max stars is on whatever app you're listening to us on and we still are a member of the electronic media collective yes sir head on over to electronicmediacollective.com check our show out and all kinds of other great shows on there um definitely we will share some of those out there too um and like we said in the opening of the show here we want you guys to get a hold of us uh we're looking to do some merch the Wow Factor hoodie. I'm gonna is, look into the. I'm looking it's to coming that. soon. So if you if you know any get any good ideas for some merch, some forward distraction merch is coming soon. On top of that, we need a new show. We're in the show hole. We need something to watch and we need something to discuss on air. So if you have any ideas, find us on our social media. Shoot us an email for distraction at gmail.com. Get a hold of us. Let us know all of your wonderful wonderful ideas. Shout out to our beer of the show. Brewski of the show. New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. Thank you. Good stuff. Good, good shit. Good shit, Adam. Good shit, sir. So, the wow factor hoodie and and maybe like a crop top. (laughs) Dude, I'll rock a crop top. I know you will.